0: Everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast with Mike Tagliere and I'm Bobby Sylvester. We're on Twitter at Bobby Pro and at Mike Teglier NFL
1: tags. What's going on, man? Nothing much, dude. I'm in a weird place right now where it's like I kind of miss all the hot takes, man. I only talk to you the the once in the podcast a week, and that's that just doesn't feel like enough. Well, you need to just come on the baseball podcast, man. We're rolling with a bunch of episodes over there. Oh, you don't want me on that. That's, that's that's that'll end badly for everyone
0: <laughs> so we don't have a show next week tags and i are both going to be taking the week off we will be back after that though we're going to be doing some super bowl prop picks and everything that show is always a lot of fun and then a lot of off-season episodes tags is mostly going to be doing those uh by himself having a guest on and talking about the draft and everything i'll make some appearances but make sure to get subscribed on apple Podcasts if you're not already that way you don't miss any future shows all right, Tech, so we're going to get into the uh, DFS talk here in just a second. We do have two games to talk about, and we're going to break those down pretty extensively. But first, I hit the trifecta this week. All three of my biggest annoyances happened to me. I'm going to tell you what they are. You tell me which one is the worst. How's that sound? Sounds good, man. Let's hear it. All right, number one. Freaking solicitor came to my door. I mean, you know, like, I'm way off the road in the woods. Most people don't even know I'm ex- I exist. But he came to my door and, like, started talking my ear off I hate that stuff. Another one, some dude I kind of knew at high school, saw him at the gym for the first time in, like, I don't know, 10 years or something. He talked to me for, like, six hours. I hate small talk. And then number three, go to the pizza buffet, as usual. Dude's
1: hacking up a lung all over the pizza. Which one of these three is the worst, Tex? I'm going to go with the guy hacking on the pizza. That's just, uh, that's that's inexcusable. That's something that you can't, like, live with. Like, legitimately, I'd rather, like have to deal talking to someone i hate the people that come to your door when you're trying to be nice like i'm one of those people like my wife especially is one of those people where it's like when someone comes to the door and tries to solicit whatever it is they're doing and i say hey look i, I appreciate what you're doing i'm, I'm sorry I'm-, I'm just not interested or i tell them that one of my kids has one of the same things and it's like they continue going and i'm like all right i, I don't want to be rude but i have to go dude just <laughs>
0: be rude that's what i do from now on i'm like hey did did my wife invite you over? Like, why are you here? And he's like, no, no. So he just left. He got the point. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Definitely think it's the dude hacking up a lung. Cause like I'm trying to not get sick and everything. And I still want to eat my pizza. I
1: ha-
0: <laughs> what am I going to do? Like I already paid for it. Am I going to leave?
1: Yeah, no, I mean the, the, pizza thing, that's, that's, that's too much, man. That's not cool. No. Did you say anything? No, I didn't. I don't know. I, I probably should have. I don't know. What would, what would you say? I mean, I walk over, and be like, "Hey, I, I, look, I have kids here. I'm here. Like, obviously, there's people. You're eating." I was standing right next to him, man. He didn't even like look ashamed. He was just like,
0: "Well, gonna get my pizza now." That's that's brutal, man. Like, well, first off, I think he must have been
1: from Chicago because people down here don't do that stuff. I want to be, I want to be completely honest about this. Like, I uh, I would not eat at a pizza buffet, though. Like, I'd, I'm I'm all about ordering pizza and like having it come to my house and just eating it here.
0: I mean, but like, what if you already ordered pizza earlier in the day? What are you supposed to do?
1: I'd still do the same thing.
0: I'll, well, I'll keep order it twice. Yeah.
1: So my friends that know, like, <laughs> my friends that listen to this podcast will legitimately tell you, like, Mike doesn't like leaving his house. Mike likes having things at his house. Yeah. And that's kind of how I am. And I mean, I'm just more comfortable here is all it is. And like, I don't. I'm not a, I'm not one that drinks and drives or anything like that, so I, I I prefer to hang out at home. And if I want to have a beer or two, I can do that and I don't have to worry about getting anywhere.
0: That's cool, man. And no one's coughing on your pizza and stuff. All right, man. Let's move on. We do have another giveaway thanks to PristineAuction.com. This is a T.Y. Hilton signed Colts helmet. Tags. This thing is beautiful. And if you all want to enter, go to FantasyPros.com/slash contest. It takes about thirty seconds to submit an entry, and uh, one of the listeners is going to take this bad boy home. Again, it's from PristineAuction.com. And tags, I was talking to you last time we did a Pristine Auction ad read about how just getting the itch to buy something else from Pristine Auction. I was looking all over, and I found this great deal on something that I didn't even know existed on Pristine Auction's website. You can go to something called the Marketplace. If you go to pristineauction.com, you click on the Marketplace, and you can buy, like, these frames or these cases for whatever it is you want. So you get a signed football or signed helmet. Put in that case, you can get a framed jersey and everything like that. So I got this case for three signed baseballs because I've got all these baseballs and it's like, well, I can't put them in my office. Like it just looks lame having a baseball sit there. So you can put the three baseballs in it. And pristine auction has all kinds of stuff like that. I had no
1: idea. That's pretty awesome. No, it it is nice to like put things in cases. And I'm trying to figure out now, because I have like, so I have a bookcase, and like I have the helmets on top of there, and they're going across. So I'm trying to figure out a neat way to put them in my basement. So if anybody has a cool idea, like shoot me a picture on Twitter of your basement or how you have them encased, because I'm I'm trying to figure out where the hell do I put 32 helmets? Because I mean I don't have I don't have all the 32 yet, but that's where I'm going. And I'm like I'm trying to figure out a neat way to hang them in the man cave so that you can kind of, you know, appreciate them for what they are. You're even gonna get like a Browns helmet. Oh yeah, there's going to be a Browns one. There's actually going to be a Jags one too, Bobby. I'm probably going to get Leonard Fournette just because there is no other Jag that I feel. No, wait until they get Nick Foles, then get a Nick Foles one. (laughs) The
0: Hall of Famer Nick Foles. (laughs) And if you haven't checked out Pristine Auction yet, make sure to do it. They've got hundreds of auctions that end every single night. Everything's guaranteed authentic from one of the most trusted sources. You're not going to believe some of the prices. There are great deals every single day. Check it out. It's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E Auction dot com and when you buy something from them make sure to let them know fantasy bro sent you that way we can keep doing these contests all right tags you ready to talk some dfs man
1: i am i'm ready to just talk football in general man because like this weekend is like one of the funnest weekends to be a football fan uh because you kind of just sit back and there's no fandom involved for me obviously my bears went home you know two weeks ago but this i mean both games are just fantastic uh there's so much to dissect between them so i mean i I don't know if we could ask for like two better matchups to be honest with you You know, with you only being able to do one podcast a week, I feel so bad for Tabby. Like, I know
0: she loves football and everything, but I know you're talking to her, like, the whole week about these games.
1: Yeah, no, it, it's really tough because it's like when you research this all the time, it's like you want someone to talk to about it. And it's like I've started watching draft footage and I've reached out to other fantasy pros writers and saying, hey, have you guys started watching any of these prospects? Because I'd love to bounce some ideas off you. So it's always about football, man. Like, it you know, we we talk about it and like people I know, you listen, you know, that we love the game. And, you know, I've had a lot of people tell me that it comes through in the podcast, but it's our life. And, and that's basically it's what I live for. So thank you guys, obviously, for the support. But um, I'm going to continue talking football this offseason. So yes, definitely don't go anywhere. I just call my dad a lot more often. Like I always talk sports with my dad, but when I'm
0: not doing as many podcasts, I'm like, well, got to get it out somewhere. My dad, uh, you know, always hears it all out. So yeah, for sure. All right, man. First game of this week is going to be Sunday afternoon. We got the Saints taking on the Rams. We'll get to our picks here at the end, but let's talk DFS. What do you think about the quarterbacks in this game?
1: I think they're gonna be a little bit higher owned than I would like them to be. I feel like the pricing is really good on DraftKings this week. I, I feel I mean, if you're looking at tournaments, I think Breeze makes sense. But this game, like in terms of game script, how I expect it to go. Look at we have two teams here that obviously have great run games. You know, Todd Gurley is back to being healthy, CJ Anderson's running really well, you have Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, and then you have Drew Breeze at home, right? So it, it, it's expected to be a closely contested game. The the line on this game is three and a half. The over under is fifty six and a half, but I happen to think that both teams are going to play somewhat of a ball control style offense. Jared Goff hasn't really been the quarterback that they wanted him to be, uh, ever since the bye. Like he just doesn't look very comfortable. And I, I really don't know how to explain it, but it's ever since that like big blow up game against Kansas City where the team scored over a hundred points. Jared Goff just hasn't looked the same. He did look fine last week, but again, I think that this is a game where it's you know, it's in New Orleans, so I'm going to lean with You know, the guy that's got the experience of being there, Drew Brees has obviously been there, done that, he's won a Super Bowl. And the run game in New Orleans, it's just, it's a hard team to stop in the Dome, but I think this game is just going to, like, somewhat disappoint a lot of fantasy owners. I think they both are, though, to be fair. I don't think so in the New England game. I think that one should be a little bit higher scoring. Uh, but this one, I mean, people are gonna look back at the, at the performance that Drew Brees had against the Rams the last time, and it, it's a different scenario. There's an X factor involved in this game, and it's Akib Tlaib. So, when Tlaib was out of the lineup, like, he was out for eight games, so in half the season, he was out. And in those games, they, they, allowed 300 passing yards per game, 2.9 touchdowns, and 0.8 interceptions. In the nine games with Tlaib, they've allowed just 215 yards passing, 0.9 touchdowns per game, and 1.3 interceptions. Really good. Yes, the yards per attempt is like the biggest tell because, you know, touchdowns can be hit or miss, but yards per attempt goes from 8.7 without Tlaib down to 6.8 with him, so I just think they're a much better defense with Talib on the field. I think they're going to somewhat limit the Saints offense through the air, but the real weakness of that team is really on the ground uh, against the Rams. The Rams have allowed over 4.8 yards per carry this year, and Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram are one of the best duos in the league, so I just don't feel like the Saints are going to sling the ball around if they don't have to. I don't think they really need to go toe-to-toe. I think it's going to be a ball-control style offense, so... Honestly, I don't, I don't think I'm gonna play either of these guys in cash lineups. I think Breeze is the one I would choose if I had to. So you're gonna play the guy who can't feel his hands whatsoever? I mean, those guys can never feel their hands. Like, they play in New England and, and Kansas City, so. This is entirely different. What's the, what's the temperature gonna be? Five degrees? Negative 20 wind chill? I heard about that. I heard the Arctic. And if that's the case, yes. But I looked like legitimately yesterday. I haven't checked it today, but the, the Kansas City weather report told me it was going to be like 27 on Sunday. And I was like, that's not bad. That's pretty normal weather for this time of year. Like I just pulled it up right now. Sunday, a high of 28, low of 22. Oh wow. The forecast changed a ton since the last time I looked. Yeah. That's the thing is like so many people look at that stuff and like remember last week, like it was on Wednesday last week. People were talking about a blizzard for the Patriots game and it was like, okay, we have to adjust everything. But truth be told, like it's impossible to predict weather that far out. So um, 28 degrees, that sounds just about, you know, Kansas City, New England weather this time of the year might even be warmer than people expected.
0: Yeah, that's crazy, man. The article I'm looking at right now shows the screenshot of the weather forecast from Wednesday afternoon and then the screenshot today and the screenshot from Wednesday afternoon was one
1: degree and in the fourth quarter, negative three degrees. And now we're looking at mid 20s. Yeah, that's crazy. That's what I'm saying. And like, I just think it's like hard to predict weather right now. And that's the thing is like in cash games, you do want predictability and, you know, Breeze playing at home in a dome. That's fine. If you want to pay for him, he'd be the one if you really wanted to play one in cash. I think Breeze is the one I'd also play in tournaments.
0: Yeah, that's where I was leaning was Breeze. I was going to use him in cash games, but depending on the weather, I mean, I would definitely turn to Mahomes or Brady.
1: Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are going to think about that in tournaments, too, is like, you know, staying away from the whole X factor in the weather. But I don't know. I just feel like I said, I just feel like this game is going to disappoint in terms of like from a, a shootout standpoint, because the last time they played it, the game uh, netted 80 points. It was 45-35. I mean, these are two of the best, what, six or seven defenses in the NFL? So I don't know if I want to put the Rams there, but the the, the Saints, that's why. like I want to go over to the, to the running backs. We can transition here because. Well, with Talib, I'm not saying like over the course of the full season, because obviously the Saints
0: started really slow, too. But for week 20, if you're taking all the defenses in the NFL
1: where they are right now, I would put both of them in the top six. I don't know if I would go that high on them, but I I definitely say they're they're probably both top ten. I'm worried – so the reason that I'm a little worried about the Saints defense is like, you know, losing Sheldon Rankins last week, that's big for their defense. Like, as a defensive tackle, like, those guys make a big difference. So Sheldon Rankins, like, he tore his Achilles tendon, if you guys didn't hear. Um With Rankins on the field this year, the Saints allowed just 3.41 yards per carry. It jumped to 3.83 with him off the field. And, he, like, so he didn't miss much time in 2017, but going back to even 2016, his rookie year – They allowed 4.4 yards per carry without him, just 3.17 yards per carry with him. Well, let me ask you this, though. When do they pull him off? In third downs when
0: the field is, you know, spread out wide and they're expecting a pass. And if they run the ball down, of course they're going to get more yards.
1: Well, that's the thing is because he he missed a lot of time in it with injury in, in uh, two thousand sixteen. That's why two thousand seventeen he didn't. So the time that he was off the field it, it had a lot to do with what you were, exactly what you were talking about. That all that stuff does matter. But I think losing a, a defensive tackle like Rankins is going to hurt a bit, especially when you have the Rams team who's running the ball as good as they are. And that's why it's just like looking at this. I don't think the Rams want to go toe to toe with Drew Brees in the in the, in the dome. Uh, that just doesn't make any sense. They've already done that this year and they lost that game. CJ Anderson's running well, but Todd Gurley looked fine to me last week. I know some people are like, talking about cj anderson they want to play him i had zero exposure to cj anderson last week and i'm okay with that process over results right baby that's exactly how i feel about it it's just like you know you can't look back and say oh what could have been because it's like if someone played cj anderson it, they were essentially looking for a todd Gurley injury or for him to re-injure his knee and have to leave the game nobody expected cj anderson to get that much work and you know when when slates are four or two game slates you're going to need some luck in your lineup in order to take down a tournament. Like, that's why I'm more of a cash game player, because I just want more predictability. I don't wanna, I don't wanna rely on luck in order to win some money. So, I'm always cash minded. Um, and I know that there's gonna be a lot of people playing CJ Anderson this week. I don't know, are you one of them, Bobby? 50% owned in cash games. That's what we're rejecting,
0: at least on FanDuel. I'm not gonna be one of them. I'm tempted by it, but I'm going with Kamara and Ingram in my cash game lineup.
1: I, I mean, I like it. I mean, as I mentioned, I, I happen to think that the Saints are going to run the ball down the Rams throat. They can't stop the run. Their linebacking core is weak. Sure, they have Sue and Donald up front, but those guys are not known to be like run stuffers. Aaron Donald's more of a pass rusher. Sue has been okay, um, since coming there. But again, I, I feel like that the, the team, they built that dream team or whatever and they brought in all those big names and everything's flashy and they have the cornerbacks of Peters and Tlaib and, you know, they brought in Sue and, But they they neglected the the linebacking core and the linebackers are where it's weak. And that's why that's where you see, like, the Saints are going to expose that. So I I want to play Todd Gurley, to be honest with you. Do you really? I mean, he's only eighty five hundred and it's
0: Todd Gurley. But do you really? I know he's healthy, but even so, with the way C.J. Anderson's
1: been running, why would you stop giving him the ball? Well, if you want, I mean, I watched that entire game and like, so CJ Anderson, you know, do I want to give him credit for what he's done? Yeah, I do. I've been a bigger CJ Anderson fan than most people. He created more than was given to him. And you're right. You've been talking him up for the past two years. He's a good football player. He is a good football player. Now he looks a bit overweight, (laughs) like, you know, sitting at home and not being on a football team that's going to do that to you. He's, he's, he's taking advantage of the opportunity he's being given. But if you watch those games, it's like, he's running through mega holes. Like there's some times where it's like, he's got to make one cut and it's just like legitimately there's nobody within five yards of him. Yeah, well, they're never stacking the box against him because the Rams are... That's how I feel. Like we're It's too easy. Yeah, I, I feel like it's a little bit different when he's in the field and Todd Gurley's on the field, and that's fine. But in, in a game like this, the Saints have really struggled against pass-catching running backs. So, you know, when you look at that, CJ Anderson's not really involved in the passing game at all. I just feel like this is a Gurley game, and I, I feel like he's going to be under-owned. You have his his salary come down to 7500 It's like, what? I'm
0: not doing it, man. I can't do it in a cash game.
1: 7500 just sounds so cheap to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's fine on DraftKings. I'm FanDuel. I'm not doing Todd Gurley.
1: What is he on FanDuel?
0: 85 Yeah, that's expensive. He's more expensive than Kamara. And Kamara, at least in my mind, is is the must play at running back.
1: That doesn't make too much sense to me, especially knowing that Anderson is a potential threat. I mean, if Rankin's being out if it makes an impact obviously Anderson benefits from that and so does Gurley uh, but Gurley's the one who you really don't have to worry about that Gurley's the one who you don't have to worry about game script with because it's like you know if they were to fall behind in New Orleans Gurley's going to be on the field because he's the one in the passing game and again the Saints they allowed uh, 1.7 PPR points per targets to running backs this year that was the seventh most in the league and You know, when you're looking for predictability, you want a guy that's going to be playing no matter what. And Gurley, even though he was in a major timeshare last week, Gurley played 43 snaps. He still wound up at 115 yards and a touchdown. So it's 7,500. Gurley just seems too cheap for me to pass up. Yeah,
0: it's not bad at all. What do you think about the wide receivers? Now, obviously, you're not a fan of, of either of the quarterbacks. So I would imagine you're not too keen on any of these guys. But Michael Thomas, I'll tell you what, he is playing some amazing football.
1: He is, I mean, he, the thing is, Michael Thomas is so good. It's just the, that breeze and that offense. They don't. You know, it's not so much focused on one guy that they need one guy to get it done. I don't know. 12 receptions, 171 yards last week. Right. And that's the thing is like Traquan Smith is the one who had that performance last time against the Eagles. So they, they obviously found a weakness and Michael Thomas has that upside every single week. Now with, with Talib back, that means that Marcus Peters is not going to, to be asked to shadow Michael Thomas. He did last time and he got eaten alive. Like that was a week where on our DFS show, I remember saying Michael Thomas, I think he was my lock of the week, um, because Marcus Peters is just not very good at football. Um when it comes to shadowing. He's better when it comes to playing his side of the field, but he's still not great. Um, and fortunately for Michael Thomas, that's who he's going to line up across from about 50% of the time. Um So that's who the, he's actually going to see Marcus Peters the most, even though that Peters isn't shadowing. So I think Thomas is fine, but they've priced him up on DraftKings to 8,200. So you, I mean, you're, you're looking for 20 points to play him. And that's really tough to do with Tlaib out there because, like, they just haven't allowed many big wide receiver performances with Tlaib on the field. So it's like, I don't know. I'm not going to pay for Michael Thomas in cash. I don't I don't think he's a bad tournament play, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, how many times has he got 20 points this year? Five. He's got five. And this is not a very good matchup. I can't play Michael Thomas in cash games either. There's just not enough money to go around. If you're playing Thomas, you got to play
1: some crummy running back who's
0: not going to get any carries. I don't want to do that.
1: Right. Give me the guaranteed carries and Michael Thomas, reserve your, like, get exposure to him through tournaments or through Breeze if you want to do that. If you really want Thomas, play Breeze and then you get your exposure there. So if you're going cheap, do you want to go down to Traquan Smith, Ted Ginn, Josh Reynolds, somebody else in this game? Traquan Smith, no. Um, so he's like, it's so crazy. I, I've been looking at this. Like he was one of the least targeted players in the NFL this year. Ginn, over the, over the two weeks that Ginn and Traquan have played together, Ginn has played 66 snaps. Smith has played 47. Okay. That's not like the biggest gap, but it kind of, it goes to show you that they're somewhat splitting, you know, those snaps that are on the field. Ginn has out targeted Smith 15 to two. Can that change in, a, in in a hurry? Yeah, of course it can. But Smith hasn't really been targeted like that all year long. Like, there's been two games this year where that's happened, and in both those times, Ginn was you know out of the lineup, and Smith was an every down player. So Smith is not really on my radar. Ginn, I don't think so, just because he actually he's going to see a keep to leave the most of the time. And Ginn, he's not a game changer at this point. <laughs> Keith Kirkwood, I don't even know if he's very interesting. I maybe as a dart throw, but I'm I'd go to the other side of the field and look at Josh Reynolds because. The Saints, I went back and watched the game and Marshawn Lattimore, he didn't completely shadow Cooks, but he was on him the majority of the time. Cooks is going to see Lattimore 60 to 70% of the time. That's... It didn't go very
0: well. Maybe they change it up. I mean, he went for... Uh, six receptions, 114 yards, and a score. I don't know
1: if I want to take too too much away from that. Uh, Eli Apple. I want to say that that was his first game with the Saints, so it was like getting used to a new scheme, understanding the safeties, and getting communication down. So they might change up the game plan. It's really tough to say. I'm not saying Cooks is a bad play at 5300. I think Robert Woods is the is the one that absolutely. He's one of the best cash players in, in the like on the entire slate, and I think he's a must play in cash. As a matter of fact, maybe the best. Yeah, that's that's exactly how I look at him as a must play. And I think like if you really wanted to, Josh Reynolds at forty two hundred is not a bad price. Like he's getting targets. He has seen at least seven targets in four of six starts uh since Cooper Cup went out. They'll both be in my lineup, Woods and Reynolds. And it's not because I love the Rams passing offense, it's just because their prices are there. Yeah. And Reynolds is basically seeing as many targets as Brandon Cooks is. He's just not he doesn't have that big playability, and that's fine. But Brandon Cooks, I mean, he's now gone six straight games without topping 65 yards. So he's not like you're, you're basically looking for a touchdown. I think you're looking for the same thing with Josh Reynolds, who's going to have a better matchup against Eli Apple than Brandon Cooks is against Marshawn Lattimore. So I think Cooks is a better tournament play. I think Reynolds is a better cash play of the two. I agree.
0: I definitely agree with that. All right. And what about the tight ends in this game? I mean, it is. Boo. It's not very good. No, it's it's ugly, man. (laughs) Ben Watson and Josh Hill. You don't want to play those guys. Some people are going to anyway. They're going to think, well, I, I need a tight end and I'm not spending it for
1: Kelsey. So might as well go with Josh Hill. You never know. Don't do it. Let's talk about like best case scenario. Josh Hill catches a touchdown and he has like 20 yards. Is eight points or nine points, whatever it is, going to win you a tournament? Probably not. I mean, like, you're going to have to hit the nuts in the other spot. Like, these guys don't have 60 yard, two touchdown upside. They really don't. And that's why I'm not playing them. Like, Ben Watson and Josh Hill, they're splitting time. Hill led the team in routes for tight ends last week. He only ran 19 routes. So it's like he, he had three targets. You can't do it. Josh Hill's not that guy. Gerald Everett is a bit of a big play threat, but. The concern is that he, he went down in snaps again last week. He went back down to 33 of 77 snaps. And I think it's because Todd Gurley's back in the lineup. And if Gurley's back in, they, they don't necessarily use the tight end a whole lot. He ran just 13 routes against the Cowboys, but game script obviously was, um, you know, not on his side. They didn't need to throw the ball a whole bunch. And actually Tyler Higby was targeted more than him. So I think Everett's an interesting tournament play. If you want, if you're looking to save some money at tight end, he'd be the one I would go to in tournaments, but in cash, you can't do this you need to pay up at tight end uh in cash like there's no way around it so
0: i will get to that in a little bit about who it is you're paying up for it i have an idea now some other people are going to do the other thing but um (laughs) let's move on to defenses here in this game is your cash game defense in this game
1: (sighs) i honestly defense I i feel like punting in terms of, like, just going to the cheapest option. So, probably not. I'm probably just going to go to the Patriots because they're the absolute cheapest on the slate. Yeah. Like, seriously, none of them are great plays. None of them. So, it's like... Well, of course, they're not great plays, but what we're looking for is the team who's going to get, like... Two points. <laughs> and, and
0: I think that's the Chiefs because the Chiefs get three, four, five sacks every single week.
1: But Brady, that's one thing I was looking at is Brady has only been pressured 25% of the time this year. That's the, That was the third lowest in the NFL. And it's playoffs, the, the game planning. This is the second time around playing the Chiefs. Yeah. He was only sacked two times against the Chiefs last time and they scored 43 points. Yeah. And that's, that's where I'm at. I, it wasn't Foxborough, so it's a little bit different, but. I think that game does go over, but the reason I'm probably just gonna go to the Patriots defense is just because, like, they're 2100, they're the cheapest one on the slate. They're not going to gather a whole lot of sacks. And I, I'm guessing they're going to give up quite a bit of points too, but you're just looking for the turnovers. Last time they played Patrick Mahomes, they did force him into two interceptions. He, again, it's going back to like what I talked about last week is Mahomes has some of that degaff factor. He has some of that far venom where it's like rather than taking a sack sometimes, he'll just throw the ball up and hope that his guy comes down with it. Well, they usually do because they're wide open. Andy Reid's <laughs> yeah.
0: scheme is the greatest. I mean, they had to have broken the record for most yards of separation
1: for any team ever, right? Every time he's passing someone, they're wide open. It's insane because they have so many weapons. It's difficult to defend them, and we'll talk about that in a second. But I don't want to rant about it, but I I do want to say something. Can we please stop glorifying Patrick Mahomes throwing with his left hand? Because he's not throwing the ball. He's pushing it. And I could do it. I'm not kidding. Like, I I could do this. If someone was going to tackle me, and if I wanted to put the ball in my left hand, I'm I'm a right-handed like thrower, but I'd be able to push it because I'm, I'm, it's like, if you're athletic by nature, you should be able to at least have a a semblance of a throw with your left hand. He's pushing the ball. Stop glorifying this. Every time people do it, (laughs) like, Oh my God, Patrick Mahomes, just threw a ball left-handed and it went incomplete. But look at that effort. I'm like,
0: I mean, like, have you ever thrown a pillow up on your bed with your left hand?
1: Doesn't mean you're an athlete. I throw my son, like, he's, I'm trying to teach him how to catch and I throw balls with my left hand just because it's just like, it's something to do. Well, you're really strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I'm just like, for me, it's Patrick Mahomes is like, inability to It's almost like that Odell Beckham thing, you know, where Beckham, where he'll do the thing where it's like he he can catch a pass and he'll do it one handed just because he can. And sometimes that'll bite him in the butt. And I happen to think that it could bite Patrick Mahomes in the butt if he tries to force a throw against the Patriots, who their defense has been fantastic as of late. I think it could turn into like a potentially pick six. So I don't like them as a play. Like, don't get this twisted. Don't think that I'm saying, oh, play the Patriots because they're just such a good play. I don't like any defense on this slate. And looking at it, Bobby, on DraftKings right now, I, I pulled it up. Opponents rank in terms of giving up fantasy points to the their opponent. These four teams, first, second, third, and fourth. There's no good play on this, on this board. Uh, everybody's got a, a solid offensive line. Not many take very many sacks. I mean, ugh, it's ugly, man. Tags, I want to add on to your rant
0: here, okay? It makes me really mad when people are like, Dude, you hate Patrick Mahomes? Like, stop piling on to him. Guys, that's not what I'm saying at all. He's the best quarterback in the game. If not, he's a close second behind Aaron Rodgers. He is extremely good. He is absolutely amazing. Do I think there's room for improvement? Absolutely. I'm going to say it when I see it. I'm not going to worship him like everybody else does. So just chill out. Like, stop saying I'm like a big Chiefs Mahomes hater. He has
1: room for improvement. He makes some dumb decisions. Yeah, I I'm I'm with you. That's the thing is like I'm a Mahomes fan and I always knew that the potential was there with Mahomes. And and there is still more to be had. Like if you go back and yes, people will look and say he scored 40 points the last time against the Patriots, there was room for more. Like, I'm not kidding. I Again, I went back and watched both the, the Rams and the Saints game. I went back and watched the Patriots-Chiefs uh Chiefs game from earlier in the season. And Patrick Mahomes, like, had a great second half. But his first half, there were a lot of missed throws there. Like, Tyreek Hill should have had four touchdowns. Travis Kelsey should have had, a, a, like, a lot more than he did. Like, Mahomes missed some throws. And, yes, every quarterback's going to miss throws. But Mahomes, his ceiling is so massive. Like, do I think that there's going to be regression next year? Absolutely, I do. Well, there's going to be touchdown regression,
0: but I do think he's going to continue to improve because there's room for improvement. He has all the physical tools in the world. He's got the best scheme, the best coach, the best surrounding talent. I mean, this guy could put up 6,000 yards at some point in his career oh yeah no definitely in today's NFL that's going to
1: happen at some point
0: all right man let's make our picks and uh, before we do I want to let you all know we've got a new website I'm sure you've heard of it it's called bettingpros.com it's basically the same as fantasy pros except for betting advice so tags and I are part of the consensus that is making our our betting recommendations and tags I'm looking at the spread on this first game that we talked about here the Rams at the Saints it's 3.5 in favor of the Saints and then the over-under is 56.5 which are you taking for both
1: I am going with the under. As I mentioned, I think this is more of a ball control style game from either team, honestly. I just, I don't think it's going to be like the high paced action that everybody thinks. Uh, and I'm going to take New Orleans giving three and a half at home.
0: I'm taking New Orleans as well. And I'm taking the under with the final score. I'm going 31-17. I think they win by two touchdowns.
1: Oh, I will go 27-21. to All right. Before we move
0: on to the second game, though, I want to talk about another one of the sponsors of today's show, Hello Fresh. So if you guys haven't heard of HelloFresh, what they do is they send food to your house and it is delicious. So listen to this, they do all the planning, shopping and prepping so you can focus on enjoying the new year and a healthier year for you. Get seasonal simple recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door every week so you can enjoy cooking and sticking to your goals. All meals come together in 30 minutes max and call for less than two pots and pans and require minimal cleanup. Guys, they're not exaggerating. It is very easy to do. You can get out of that recipe right and start cooking outside your comfort zone by discovering new delicious recipes. When I order pickup, there's this place near me that makes bibimbap, And when HelloFresh sent me some to cook on my own, I was super pumped to learn how to make it. It was even better than my local restaurant. I absolutely loved their recipe. Every single recipe they give me is easy to make and each one was delicious too. Take advantage of HelloFresh's special offer for 2019. Get $80 off your first month by going to hellofresh.com slash pros80 and enter the code pros80. Again, get $80 off your first month by going to hellofresh.com slash pros80 and enter the code pros80. Let's move on over to the next game. We've got New England at Kansas City, and we already talked about
1: this one here a little bit. It sounds like you're going with Mahomes. Yeah, I, I, I'm i going to pay up for Mahomes. Uh, so, like, they didn't price him out, and the reason they didn't is because they want to be able to, you to be able to build lineups without, like, paying up for studs and then having a bunch of duds in your lineup. I think that DraftKings did a great job uh, with the pricing on the slate. So 6600 it's like to come up 700 bucks from, from Drew Brees is not bad at all. And Mahomes, like, to be fair he actually has um over his last four games three of his worst fantasy outputs have come in those last four games three of them but that's okay because his even his lowest fantasy output is is basically is 17 uh, fantasy points it was 18 fantasy points and like 20 at 6,600, that's, you, you, that's fine. <laughs> that's your floor that we're talking about. And we're talking about Mahomes going into a game where we know it's going to be competitive. We know, we, we've already seen him throw four touchdowns against the Patriots in Foxborough. They're not as good a, a defense on the road. I just feel like this game has shootout written all over it. I don't think that the Patriots, I don't think they get a good enough pass rush to stop this offense. I really don't. Do I think that the Patriots are going to hang? I do. But there's a lot of different ways that the Patriots can hang. Honest question, Tags. Yeah. If you take the Pro Bowl team and you let them practice
0: with the best defensive coach in the league the entire season, how many points do the Chiefs put
1: up? I'm putting the over-under at 20. Against a Pro Bowl defense? Pro Bowl defense. Oh, uh, I don't know. It's tough to say because, like, cause the thing, the Chiefs have not scored fewer than 26 points in a game this year. That's just stupid. That's what I'm saying, man. That's ridiculous. Nobody can stop them. They've played some good teams, too. Yeah, the Colts came in, like, red hot. Now, granted, the Colts hadn't played anybody and we talked about that. Um, and Patrick Mahomes didn't need to do anything. Like, he finished with 17.9 points in a game where he legit didn't need to do anything. Like, Nothing. He comes with that rushing upside. I'm so torn in this game because I think the line is perfect in terms of like New England getting three points, but I'm so torn on it because I feel like there's no way that the New England defense slows down Patrick Mahomes in this offense. Sammy Watkins looked healthy and that's like a big, big deal because Sammy Watkins being healthy does so much for that offense. They don't have an answer to, to cut off Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill because like those two players Like, we're going to get to them, but the Patriots, the way that they scheme and the way that they defend opposing number one threats and the way that they want to take them out of the game, they can't do that with the Chiefs. So it's hard for me to see them slowing them down. But at the same time, do you see the Chiefs blowing out the the Patriots? Of course not. I mean, it could happen, but I I don't, I'm not forecasting that. Uh, With that said, I am taking the Chiefs. You are. So uh, you're not alone in that. I think the expert consensus on betting pros right now is at 64% Chiefs. I understand it, but at the same time, like, the last person that you want to bet against in the playoffs is Tom Brady. I don't... I mean, I'm not betting against Tom Brady. I'm betting for Patrick Mahomes. That's the difference. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, I guess. But so imagine this, though. I don't envision the Patriots getting blown out, like, ever in the playoffs. I don't think it's going to happen. So let's imagine this for a second. You have the Chiefs, minus three points. The, the the Chiefs are up four points. Brady's got the ball with two minutes to go. Do you feel comfortable? No. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's what I'm saying is like, I envision it to be a close game. And that's why in the end, I'm going to pick the Patriots with the three points. Like I'll take the three points. Like won't it surprise me at all. I'm just saying I, I'm picking the Chiefs and uh, you're right. I am with the expert
0: consensus here. Uh, everyone in everyone that gives advice, 70% of them have the Chiefs, even with the three points the top 20 though it's down at 57%. so It's a lot
1: closer. Whew. Yeah, it's it's close man. Like I said, I feel like it's... and the other game's 50-50. So they're great lines. Yeah, I feel like this one was like set perfectly and like you know, basically on a on a neutral field, they're saying it would be a, a, an even game because typically the home team gets three points by default. Yeah, I mean, I think that's correct too. Mahomes is the cash game play. Like his floor is just too high. Uh the price is not bad. Especially on DraftKings, you have all the money to work with. You gotta play Mahomes.
0: On FanDuel, I could see playing Breeze, especially depending on the weather, but um, you know, if the weather looks fine in Kansas City, I'm going with Mahomes.
1: What's the price difference on FanDuel between Mahomes and Breeze? Uh,
0: Mahomes is 9,000, Breeze is 8,800.
1: Ooh, they're both up there. Good lord.
0: Man, they're making you pay for those guys. Oh, absolutely. But the thing is Jared Goff's down at 8,000, so it's not that big of a difference between any four. You just have to eat a lot of money and you have to go spend uh, cheap on a running back or wide receiver. What about Brady? Uh Brady is 8400.
1: Wow. Yeah, they haven't
0: priced up, man. And here's our consensus projections. It's 19 for Goff. 20 for Brady,
1: 22 for Breeze, 27.3 for Mahomes. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a no-brainer. You know, Mahomes is the play here for sure. Like, I, I think Brady's a good tournament play as well. Uh, I think you could actually consider Brady and Cash if you wanted to. Um, just because it's like, you know, you're like the whole fact of betting on Mahomes, betting on that Chiefs offense and knowing that, you know, they're not going to be able to run the ball. How many times did they run the ball? Like 48 times or something like that last week. The, the Patriots did. So it's like, they're not going to be able to do that again against the Chiefs. The Chiefs' run defense is the leaky part, and I think that's a part that they need to attack and expose. But I like both quarterbacks in this game, but in cash, it's it's 100% Mahomes. You know, I want people to remember about Brady, too, that he runs the ball
0: into the end zone. He's not some rushing quarterback, but when they get in the end zone, they don't mess around. That quarterback sneak is a super easy play. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Brady gets in the end zone.
1: Oh, it's possible, just depending on where the ball falls and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, like that's, that's one of the things that I noticed when going back to watch this game. Like the way that, you know, I'm, I'm skipping ahead to tight ends here, but the way that the tight ends were defended in that game were completely different. Like you watched the Chiefs willing to stick a linebacker on Rob Gronkowski, like all game. Like basically they almost always had a linebacker following him coverage and, and Gronk is clunky now. Like he just, he doesn't move as smoothly as he used to. Like he just doesn't look like as an, as, as a natural athlete as he used to, if that makes sense. And then, when they got down into the, like the red zone, like they they had a play, I think it was on like the four yard line or something like that, and they had uh two men on Gronk. They basically said, okay, we're not going to allow you to score a touchdown in this area of the field. And the Patriots scored a different way. I think it was Edelman. And then, but then you go to look at Travis Kelsey and the way that the Patriots defended him. He almost always had a cornerback or a safety on him because it was just like, okay, we need to do this um because we're not going to let him outrun a linebacker because it's going to happen every single time. You got to treat him like he's a wide receiver. You're screwed. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's why it's going to be so difficult for the Patriots to slow down this offense is because with the way that they, so Tyree killed during the season, the way that they used him in the slot, he played, it was roughly 30, I think it was like 36, 37% in the slot. When he went to play the Patriots, they upped it to 50%. And I think that the reason they did that was to create mismatches, right? Because Travis Kelsey runs 50% of his routes in the slot. And then you have Tyreek Hill coming in the slot. Not only is it hard to double team a slot receiver because it uses so much of your resources and there's so much of the field that you have to cover in the slot that it's, it's really difficult to do that, but it's possible. But when you have Tyreek Hill move into the slot and you have Kelsey in the slot on the other side, what are you to do? Because if you're going to double team, you're going to have to pull down a safety to help with a, with your nickel cornerback. And then Travis Kelsey's left in one-on-one coverage, probably with a linebacker, maybe with the other safety. And again, if, if Kelsey's one-on-one, he's going to get thrown to. If if Hill is one-on-one, he's going to burn you. So it's just, and with Sammy Watkins back, that's essentially going to remove Stephon Gilmore because that's who Gilmore is going to be on. So it's like, looking at this, the way they match up, it's like, who? People are going to be on Mahomes. Like, that's that's a given. People are going to be on Damon Williams. They're going to be on the Chiefs wide receivers and tight ends. Like, they're going to play Chiefs players. You think so? I don't think they'll be on the wide receivers as much. Who do we leverage, though? Like, if you want to get away from that in cash, all that makes sense. But if you want to leverage that in tournaments, how do you get away from it? How do you say, okay, if they're playing this guy, what does that mean for everybody else in this game? Because that means Brady's going to be throwing a lot. Brady makes a great tournament option. And who do you stack him with? I think it's Julian Edelman. So, Edelman... I'm playing Edelman in cash. Yeah, I think Edelman's a great cash play, too. So, since, here's a stat for you, Bobby. Since 2012, Edelman has played in 11 playoff games, okay? In those games, he has never seen fewer than nine targets, and he has at least 13 targets in five of the last six games. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Holy cow! Yeah, looking at this matchup, the fact that it's in the playoffs, knowing how much Brady trusts him and like how much more he's involved, it wasn't a great matchup for Edelman last week um, against uh, Desmond King, but he dominated that matchup. I just feel like this is playoff time, and he trusts Edelman.
0: I never would have played Edelman against Desmond King, and he just made me look like a
1: fool. Yeah, he played fantastic, and even in a game that they didn't even need to throw the ball a ton, so it was like, wow. Um, So I think that there's like the tournament potential on the New England side. Yeah, you want to get some exposure to Kansas City, obviously, but I think the, the New England side is going to be under-owned. You know, I think what you got to do in
0: tournaments is not get too cute because everyone else is going to try to get too cute. Like maybe do a full game stack with, you know, one other kind of random player, not like Austin Carr or anything like that, but like Sammy Watkins. Say you're stacking the uh, the Rams and Saints game, maybe use four from each team and then Sammy Watkins or something along those lines, where you stack the Rams and you stack the Chiefs if you think those are the two teams that are going to win. I think it's about the stacks, not as much as it is about the obscure players. You know, Austin Carr or Cordell Patterson could score a touchdown, but... I think that that the chances of that happening are lower than what the ownership rates of those guys are going to be in tournaments, and so I'm going to be avoiding it. I think the way to find value is to not get cute
1: yeah I mean that's that's why I'm more of a cash player I mean and on a slate's so small, it's like you know looking for those points, and like Austin Carr was inactive last week. Those are things that you have to pay attention to um like when it comes down to if Dan Arnold is active, is he a play at tight end? and it's like you have to figure all these things out and it's really tough, um which is why again, I prefer cash games. It's just a little bit safer. You have to take risks in tournaments you do, but not unnecessary risks like that. Like, guys that legit are on the border of not even playing in the game. And that's what everyone's tempted to do because we've only got four, two games here. It, it, exactly, and they, they think that's how they're going to differentiate. And granted, that might be what it takes to take down a tournament. I just, I don't think that's the way to play it. And so what if you get first place and you're tied with five other guys? Like, you're not going to get the big prize,
0: but you know what? You had the best lineup, so you get the most money. Mm-hmm. That's ultimately what it comes down to. Yeah,
1: all right. Any other wide receivers you want to talk about here? Tyreek Hill, Chris Conley, Sammy Watkins? I think that Tyreek is an awesome play. Um, I think that he's playable in cash. He's seen, he's averaged 10 targets over his last eight games. Like he's, and the carries. Yeah. He's getting targets. He's used in different ways. Like the, again, I mean, if you like try and figure out which one that Belichick is going to say, okay, we're going to double this guy. They've done it with Kelsey the last two times they've played. It doesn't matter if you double Tyreek Hill. It's not going (laughs) to slow him down. (laughs) It can, but then, then Kelsey's going to kill you. Um, but the thing is, so, Andy Reid's offenses, the last two times that they've played against the Patriots, I don't know if you remember this, Bobby. It was week one last year, remember? When Alex Smith scored, I think it was uh, 42 points against them in week one. And then this year, 40 points against them. Obviously, like, w- what, week six, I think that game was. So it's like, you look at this and it's like, okay, there's a lot of points. Like, and so looking at Tyreek Hill, the last two times they played in those games, he's seen 20 targets. 14 catches 275 yards four touchdowns that's in two games that's incredible and again there was a he beat. I, I don't remember who was covering it It might have been Jonathan Jones who's on the bench now but um Tyreek Hill actually should have had another 24 yard touchdown in there but Mahomes overthrew him in the end zone so with Sammy Watkins dealing with Gilmore I'm not really interested in him too much it's not to say like in tournaments he's one of those guys at 4k I'm willing to play because he's a full-time player from Mahomes. He's extremely talented. His foot looked healthy last week and Gilmore has allowed some touchdowns in his coverage this year. So that's possible, but definitely not in cash. Conley is just not exciting. He only saw one target in the first meeting between these two teams. Don't like it. You have to choose between Philip Dorsett and Chris Hogan. I think that they're both interesting plays, um, but I'm going to look at the one with lesser ownership and I think that's Hogan, honestly. So Hogan's actually $200 cheaper. On DraftKings, but knowing that Dorsett had a touchdown last week, I think he's going to be the heavier own one. But Hogan's still playing more snaps, so I like Hogan as a tournament option. Edelman's the cash guy, but um, where are you at? I'm cool with Edelman, Hogan,
0: James White in a GPP lineup with Tom Brady. I could see that hidden.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, James White, I
0: think, is an awesome play. <laughs> when is he ever not? Absolutely, because the Kansas City Chiefs get destroyed by pass-catching running backs. I think Sony Michelle's is someone you definitely want to fade. Now, I'm not sure if it's going to be James White or Rex Burkhead or maybe even both of them. Maybe that's the tournament play. I could see both those guys getting in the end zone and getting 100 yards total.
1: Well, yeah, that's, that's the fade on Brady. Like, if you want to go away from Brady and if you're like, OK, so New England, how do they slow down this Kansas City offense? Keep them off the field. And if they want to do that the only way technically to slow them down is to keep the ball away from them. And can they do that? I think they can with Sony, Michelle, James White and Burkhead. That's where it's like, does this game get interesting? And it's like, if you want to, if you want to fade this game in tournaments and say like, let's, let's go hard on the saints game, but you still want to have pieces. It's definitely on the, the Patriots running game. Sony, Michelle, as we saw last week, guys, like that guy can score three touchdowns in a game. Even if the game literally gets out of hand here. Like, let's say that the chiefs jump out to a 21 to seven lead. And it's like, We're looking at, oh, wow, game script doesn't really fit Sonny Michelle. He could still come in on the goal line and get those touchdowns. He's definitely someone I wouldn't fade altogether. But I will say that James White is my absolute favorite play on the Patriots of the running backs there. Easy. Yeah, I'm looking at
0: the game logs from the last two times these teams played. And uh, Kareem Hunt in both games, 98 yards receiving for two touchdowns, 148 yards for a touchdown. That was in week one last year. And then this year in week six when they played, 80 yards and then
1: 105 through the air and a touchdown, it's going to happen. That's the thing. So, like, that's on the other side, obviously, with Damian Williams. But um, like I think James White is, like, a must-play in cash as well. He's someone like him, Edelman, Robert Woods. Those are, like, some of my favorite cash plays. Um, Michelle is more of a tournament guy. Burkhead's a tournament guy. But James White, I think, is both cash and tournament viable. Agree. On the flip side, how do you feel if Spencer Ware is active? Do you, does it cause you to fade Damian Williams a little bit at 6,400? He's not a must-play. Yeah, like what if, what if Spencer wears out? Is he then a must play? Yes. That's exactly how I feel. He would be my number one lock of the week
0: at all positions.
1: I don't, I wouldn't put him that high, uh, but I do think that he would be a locking cash lineup just because he's going to get a bunch of touches. <laughs> it's so funny. I mentioned the stat last week on the show where he had totaled, uh, he had never seen more than 13 carries in an NFL game. And Damian Williams goes out and gets 30 touches. <laughs>
0: Amazing, man.
1: Did you fade him? Um, No, not in cash. I ended up going to... Once I found out that Spencer Ware was uh, going to be inactive... It- exactly. I did the same thing.
0: I, I feel really bad because I was saying... I wasn't really even thinking about Williams I was going to play one of the, three of the four big running backs yeah Zeke early yeah and but yeah when I saw Spencer Ware was out it was like gotta plug in Williams
1: yeah and that's that's the difficult thing right is like we're recording this show on a Thursday obviously there's things that can happen in between then so that's why I'm trying to throw out that the idea that if Spencer Ware is inactive what do we want to do I think you play Damian Williams uh, he's a lock for 20 plus touches in that game then he is game script proof because he, he's involved in both you know the run and pass game he's better he's a better receiver and that's where it's like seeing Kareem Hunt kind to go off against the the Patriots in the passing game. Each of the la- each of the two times that he played them, it makes me excited about that and where. I mean, he could be eased back into the offense. So, would you have any wear in tournaments if he's active? Yeah, I, I
0: probably would. I, he, he, Spencer Ware's a really talented football player. Oh, yeah. Uh, you have you have no idea what the Chiefs are going to do. Maybe he gets the majority of the first and second down work. Maybe he gets the goal line work, gets in the end zone twice. Got to have some exposure.
1: It's possible. I mean, with Damian Williams coming off a 30-touch game, you have to figure he's a little beat up, like in terms of like his body has never gone through that before. So... It's possible that if Ware's healthy, I mean, he's been limited in practice, so I don't know if that... I'm really just hoping that Spencer Ware's inactive so we don't have to worry about it. Kendrick West Day, baby. Oh, God, no. Please, no. <laughs> I don't even want to worry about that name. You know, if he was on the
0: Patriots, Bill Belichick would totally do that. <laughs> he would, like, make Sony Michelle inactive and just, then just put, bring up Jonas Gray to run for 300 yards. Probably. Probably. James Devlin. <laughs> Alright, so we talked about the tight ends, we talked about defense, so let's make our picks for this game. I already mentioned the spread on this one is 3 points in favor of the Chiefs, and then the over-under is 55-5, so you're taking the the Patriots, I'm taking the Chiefs, what about for the over-under? I'm going over. Okay, I'm going under. Expert consensus is with me at 56%, top 20 is with me at 67%, so Tags, you're going against the grain here, man.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I realize that, but I think this game is gonna go back and forth. I, I kind of, I, I picture this one to be a really close game, and that's why I'm taking the Patriots. I just I just feel like there's no way that this game goes under. Like, if you figure the Chiefs are going to score 26 points minimum, that's basically what they do every single game this year, and it's like you figure if Brady's going to hang with them, if he's going to score points, it's like you have to look at a game, and if I had to predict the score on this one, I'm probably going to go 31 to 30 Patriots. You know, Tex, it really depends on the temperature, because I saw
0: a stat the other day. I wish I could remember the exact stat and who said it, but whenever the temperature is below a certain mark, I think it's 15 degrees, there has never been a game with more than 55 points, and I know that there's, you know, I know these are two really good offenses, but when it gets cold, there's not much scoring, so it's really going to depend on the weather for me. If it's above 20 degrees, 25 degrees, I'll probably take the over. Um If it's under, though, I'm definitely going under.
1: Well, I mean, that's the thing, is, like, last week, I didn't, like, a lot of people started fading that Kansas City game when they started finding out that there was, like, going to be snow in that, and the thing is, is, like, we saw the, the Chiefs come out slinging, dude, like they didn't need to throw the ball a whole lot and that's why it's like you didn't see Patrick Mahomes have the gigantic game that he once like like that he would have well i mean the chiefs were just
0: sitting there in cover cover 2 and he's checking down every single play completely wide open i don't know
1: why the colts didn't make any changes like they knew what mahomes was going to do it was nuts to watch that game. Like, I, I, I was really hoping that that one would turn into a shootout. Andrew Luck just looked very uncomfortable throughout the game. Like, he was very hesitant. Like, he was not confident in his throws at all. He had like four balls batted down, maybe five. Um, it's because he was just so hesitant with what he was doing. It was crazy.
0: All right, Dags, I'm going to go 26 20 with the Chiefs taking the lead right at the end of the game and going to the Super Bowl.
1: Whoo. And so that we'd be looking at a, uh, a Chiefs Saints Super Bowl. That's your prediction. Mine's Patriots Saints. And that's what I'm kind of, to be honest, I'm rooting for that. Like, I, Patrick Mahomes is going to have his time. He's going to be back in games like this. I want to see Brady versus Breeze, and I, I'd love to see... I want to, too, man. I would love to see Breeze pull it out. Like, I just feel like it's like, this is like the end for these two quarterbacks, right? Like, Breeze might have another year or two. I don't know, man. This was Drew Breeze's best season of all time, maybe. Most efficient. It was. It was. It, like, a lot of people, like, a lot of quarterbacks, like, kind of look that way when you look back at it, but um I don't know. I, I just... I don't want to I don't want to take it for granted what we have and like you know these are two all-time greats that I would love to see there then again Dan Marino and Aaron Rodgers. we thought that they would be back but hey going back to tight end real quick I just wanted to touch on this before we got out of here sure what did you feel about Gronk like Kelsey's like he's the cash play if you could afford him and he's obviously great in tournaments because there's a lot of potential there but how do you feel about Gronk against the Chiefs he's fine I'm not going to use him in cash. Of course not. You
0: start your lineup with Travis Kelsey, you figure the rest out from there. <laughs> at GPP, I'm, I'm okay with Gronk. I'd
1: rather use him than Gerald Everett. I feel like if you, if you really can't afford Kelsey, I think Gronk's the next best option. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think we, we both agree that it's Kelsey. You kind of have to find a way to fit him in there.
0: All right, man. Let's go locks of the week. We will count down. I will start us off, and I'm going with Julian Edelman at number three for cash game lock to hit value. Oh, I dig that. All right, so I will put Robert Woods at number three. Okay, yeah, that's a really good one, too. He's right on the fringe for me. I'm going to go Alvin Kamara at two. Now, this is going to change if Spencer wears out. I would take Kamara off this list and move Damian Williams up to number one. I will go with Julian Edelman at number two. And then my number one lock I just mentioned is Travis Kelsey. If you don't play him in cash, I think that you are crazy. <laughs> I'm going James White for
1: my number one. You Travis Kelsey's not in your top three. I don't think so. I, I feel like I have to pay for the receivers. Like those are the guys like I'm just looking for those guaranteed targets. And I, I think Kelsey's definitely he's in the conversation for sure but yeah he's projected for 18.1 fantasy points consensus
0: projections from many sources the number two tight end is 8.9 number three is
1: 5.3 it's tough for me to leave out woods though that's the thing is like edelman's gonna be in my life play Him both Figure it out, man. You cannot fade Kelsey. No, I'm not saying you fade him. I'm just trying to figure out my top three. If I'm like, I'm like three must-haves in my lineup. It's just like, it's hard for me to fade Woods at his price right now, but I get it. And that's the thing. I think you could find a way to get them all in there. I
0: think there's a a couple really easy plays this week. Edelman, Woods, Kelsey, Williams, Kamara, Williams, depending on what happens with where. Mahomes is a pretty easy play as well. What you do with your other spots. That's kind of the question. Um, Hopefully we helped you figure it all out today. Guys, this was a lot of fun doing DFS shows all season. We will be back with them next year. Don't forget, we've got a ton of off-season content coming your way. The next show is going to be in two weeks when we break down the Super Bowl, all the prop bets, and it is going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. I look forward to it. And thanks to the sponsors of today's show, pristineauction.com. That's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. And you can sign up for the T.Y. Hilton signed Colts helmet while you're there at fantasypros.com slash contest. And thanks also to HelloFresh where you can get $80 off your first month by going to hellofresh.com pros80 and enter the promo code pros80. That's P-R-O-S-80. For Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.